Hey, 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 welcome to another Daily Buzz, everybody. Today we're actually welcoming Emily. Emily from Zen Academy. She is the CMO at Zen Academy. And uh, we're lucky to have her. She was actually, I'm starting to think that, Emily, were you in Las Vegas at the Web3 Expo? Because I was. I was, I was there too. I actually was, I uh, gave a talk on, a, um, on one of the panels there. So I'm surprised we didn't meet up. I gave a talk too. How did what we not? The, what? I bet we met. I bet we pat. We brushed uh, shoulders. I don't or know. Something. What day were you there? Were you there the first day? Were you there the second day? Okay, we were there all week, and I. Oh, I, I think I lost. You know, like I have. You know how cats have nine lives. I think I used up like eight of my lives in Vegas. <laughs> oh, I was there only one night. Um, it was Sunday to Monday, and I literally. Oh no, I was there two nights. I left. Got there on Sunday. I believe I left on Tuesday morning. You're I, smarter I was only, than me. <laughs> it's funny. Everybody actually said that to me. Um, they're like, you did it the right way. I stayed for more days. And I can tell you, I got less out of those more days. It was the first day we all hung out. It was such a blast. Um, and then the rest of the days were not even close to productive and I should have left. So I, I've heard that a lot. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, everybody, whoever's here in the audience, thanks for being here. Welcome to the Web3 Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Lucas Bean, my co-host, Crip King over here. And again, lucky, 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 lucky to have Emily today. She is an amazing person. And uh, I look forward to having this chat with you today. So Emily, tell me, tell us about yourself a little bit here. Tell us about how you got into, I wouldn't just say Web3 because I really don't know too much about your background. Um, I want to know if you were already in the tech space in general, just because Web3 is just a natural evolution of the tech space. So then that would make a lot of sense. And uh, I want to know a little bit about your origin story. So let's start with that. Let's start with like, what is Emily about? Like, where did you come from? What were you doing? And then like, how did you make your way into the Zen Academy? What is Emily about? The title of my <laughs> memoir. <laughs> no. um, yeah, so I, you're, you're dead on. I was, uh, I worked in, in tech before, well, tech, I worked for an app called One Second Every Day uh, right mm -hmm. before Web3. I was there full time. And actually that was my job as I was um, transitioning, let's say, over to Web3 full time. Um, I started my career really in advertising, copywriting. Um, I worked in, I, I live here in Portland, Oregon. So I always joke that if you live in Portland, Oregon and you work in advertising or marketing, you inevitably have to work for Nike at some point. So I, I helped <laughs> launch, um, so true. It, it's, you just, you're either stuck with Nike or what is the other one? Like Under Armour, you kind of have to choose the side. Basically Adidas is here too. So a lot of big brands in Portland, um, we have a nice, uh, really, really strong, like creative advertising community here. So I, I helped launch their Nike Plus app the summer of 2016. Yes, that's right. Wow, that's right. okay, there you go. Um, there so you I go. worked as a copywriter helping them create stories and microblogs and different ads that we ran uh, during the Olympics. And so from there... I, I started having a love for for helping out smaller brands build their brand online with with Instagram. Instagram was, um, you know, that was that was kind of my bread and butter for the longest time. Um, so I worked with a couple different brands. I worked for Sony PlayStation, the Gran Turismo uh, uh, property, and then. When I found One Second Every Day, that was kind of my my safe haven after kind of the craziness of advertising. I, I think I wasn't cut out for the 
the the grind, so to speak, of advertising and, you know, going into work every day. This is when everyone was in an office every single day. Um, now it's right. a little bit different because of remote working, but I, I think I just, I got burnt out. And I hear that a lot with advertising, <laughs> with advertising folks. Uh, there's like a, they hit a point. I just hit my point pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I was, um, I just didn't like the, yeah, I, I didn't like. At least you know what you don't like, right? There's a lot of people that go through life like doing jobs they literally hate. And then you realize like not a, not a lot of people like are self-reflective enough to go, you know what? This isn't for me. I need to take a different route. I think I got to the point where I just saw my life laid out in front of me with with the amount of work and grind and just kind of like negative kind of feels that I had in that in that space. And I just wasn't cut out for it. So I wanted to make sure I, I pivoted away and just try to find something that that worked worked for me and kind of my the life that I wanted to live. I wanted to be a lot more creative and um, work with people that I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting really reflective here all of a sudden, but so I think. That's okay. <laughs> we, we love, we love this stuff because I could tell you from being in digital marketing myself in my, basically my entire career, there's definitely burnout. And then on top of the burnout part, and this is true. And Emily, I'm sure you'll, maybe you'll, you'll know this too. Everybody thinks they can do your job better than you. Like no one questions attorneys. No one questions like, uh, you know, coders or developers, but everybody questions like marketing. Everybody thinks they have like a stake in like how mark like how to do marketing better than you. It's tough, yeah. And I mean, and with yeah, especially with yeah. like copywriting specifically, everyone, no one understand, or not no one, but people sometimes don't understand how much thought and care goes into the words that we put on on the screen and and in ads. And it's you, it's tough when somebody, when your creative director or your boss is like, well, no one's going to read this anyway. <laughs> You're like crushed, Ouch. just, you know, a blossoming <laughs> copywriter. Like, what do you mean? No one's going to read my headline about socks. What do you mean? This is important stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I laugh because at that time it was important to me. That was my world. Those socks were a very important thing. And like, I think I just, yeah, I got to the point where I was like, I want to, I really want to do something that means something, you know, I, I know, I'm not going to, you know, climb the ladder of advertising in Portland. This just didn't feel right to me. So I, this was around the time um, I was, so <laughs> this is around the time I was keeping a video diary with this app called One Second Every Day. And I had started it in college. This was like, so what, what I'm telling you right now is like right out of college. So I, I had, I had kept a video diary every day for two or three years, I guess, at that point. And that video diary captured the last year of college and the first time I moved away from like really home. And it was with this app called One Second Every Day that you take a video and then you're able to stitch it together and basically like a video montage of your life. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. It was something that for my, you know, very distractible brain, I could tangibly do every single day. It was like bite-sized chunks. And so I was absolutely so this is a very long I'm giving you a long-winded answer but um <laughs> no I like it longer the better this is a great answer so <laughs> I wrote a blog about how much this app meant to me because I lost uh actually a mentor of mine around this time uh it gutted me it really you know to this day you know I, I miss Mark so much he was a professor and mentor I wrote a blog about what this app meant to me because I was able to capture my last year with him too and, and knowing him. And I wrote a blog, talked about that, talked about just reflecting on my life. 
and posted it on Twitter, which is hilarious because I, I used to hate Twitter. I did not post on Twitter. I hated using this platform back then. And the, one of the founders of the app, One Second Every Day, saw it and reached out to me and asked me to, to help them copy, be a copywriter for their app that they were building. And they were up and coming. They were a couple years in. And so I started freelance writing for them. And that's that's the job I was at for the last five years before I transitioned over to Web3. And the founder of that app, uh, Cesar Kuriyama, his his Twitter handle is Time Hacker. And actually, he's the partner of Crop Circle, who's listening here today, who's a good friend of mine. He's the one that actually onboarded me. Welcome. I know. Hi, Crop Circle. Welcome, Crop Circle. <laughs> uh, he's the one who actually onboarded me into Web3. So really weird like life circle events that kind of brought me here. Um, a lot of amazing things. Um, and so what happened was I got into Web3 last December 2021. And I joined because... Caesar was creating a project and I felt like it was the perfect time to jump in. I had the I have the, I had the luxury of knowing the founders of the first project I joined, which a lot of people don't get. So I, you know, the barrier of entry of like, okay, is this project, you know, is it a rug? Is it, you know, that was gone. So I felt super comfortable getting into it. So I feel really lucky that that was my first project. And kind of from there the rest is history. That was uh, that that project was Truth Illuminati and the the, the founders of, of Goblin Town. So that was the first community that I was introduced to in this space. Hi, Crop Circle. <laughs> GM, GM, I just want to say, um, hi, everyone. I'm also a copywriter. And so I want to echo what Emily said that like when you are reading websites and ads, you don't understand how much work goes into that. But then I also want to add that like, Emily is such a natural, like she's so organic with like her raw talent. And um, you haven't said this yet, so I'm going to give the alpha to everyone listening. But I think Emily's superpower is that she's not afraid to just say hi to people. I don't know a girl who slides into like more DMs just to like say, you're doing great. And I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Like she's so supportive in the sub tweets. And that's the advice um, I've subconsciously taken from her is don't be afraid to tell people how you feel if they're doing great tell them that's one of the most powerful things you can do in web three. And I learned that from our girl, Emily. Thank you. I couldn't agree with that. That statement more crop circle, like more, most people are very critical of other people. They have no problem like saying negative things, but where's the positive. And that's what the show's all about is like super, like let's stay positive here because there's so many things to be like grateful for. And there are obviously the, like, you know, things are, there's always going to be something in the news or something you find irritating about somebody and how they do something. But what are the good things? Like make sure you tell them because you might not like talk to them again in like another year. And all of a sudden that one compliment could literally change their life. And uh, I totally agree. There's like a, there's a tweet pinned to my profile that literally says that all it takes is one person to believe in your work and that can change the course of your life. And that's exactly it. Like Emily, you know, obviously gets into the people's DMS and, and, you know, is like a uh, reply, reply girl on some of the, you know, posts. And that's great. Um, I'm giggling over Emily, here. It, the reply girl. <laughs> also, I did not like pay that? Crop Circle to come and be my entourage today. <laughs> I didn't think, I know, here's the deal. Good people attract good people. Things, yeah, good people, exactly. I was just going to say, Crop Circle is like one of those good people. She's basically verbally giving you one of those comments in the DM or like one of those subtweets. She's coming up and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to verbally say she's awesome. So that's good. 
good support, good, you know, good supports, good people. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's crop the way circle to do it. herself so is, Emily, is somebody that you definitely should follow. She is a light in the I already, space. I already did. Oh, good. Yeah. I good, already good, followed good. her. That was it. I, once I heard her talk <laughs> and say compliment, like compliments, like complimentary stuff to you. I was like, oh, she's, she's my people right Feel away. Love. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. So when you were in Portland, are you still in Portland right now or are you in I am living there? We, yeah. Okay, so is that like a are you going to be there forever, you think? Is we, that your like I think so. We bought a house um my my fiance and I we nice. we did things a little bit backwards, but also there's no rules. So we got we we bought our house first and then got engaged, <laughs> but we we did it all like right and adopted a puppy right all at the same time. We really piled it on. Um, so yeah, our roots mm-hmm. are in Portland. I love it. I love it here. I, we are, our, our lifestyle is really work hard, work hard, play hard. So we both work from home. So we're, you know, cr- crunched over our desks at all times, just glossy eyed and, and, and working our, our butts off over here. And then we really like to get out in nature. So it's like polar opposites. We, we have a little teardrop trailer that we go camping in and we bring the dogs. And so we really like to be outdoorsy um, when the weather permits. So Portland is like the perfect place. I was going to say, Portland rains. Isn't, isn't Portland uh, everyone, rain You know, it's, <laughs> everyone says that. I mean, it does. Of course it does. It's just like not, I guess I'm like numb to it. And, you know, today I'm looking outside. It's it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous day here, but it's also been raining for the last five days. So like it, I think it just makes the weather even like even better because it does rain a lot. I don't know. It makes me appreciate it more if that makes sense. Absolutely does make sense. I'm from new England and it rained a lot there too. Let me tell you, um, living in Los Angeles now for the last like 18 years, like it's really tough when there's like a cloudy rainy day and it's like, wait, What's this? This wasn't in the brochure. Well, I could get really philosophical. And, uh, like, you know, the rain makes everything super verdant and green and beautiful, right? It wouldn't be that way oh, without yeah, the rain. Yep. True, but at the same but time. But at the same time, mm, sucks. Mm, <laughs> I need some vitamin D. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right? Um, just waking up to the sun is like one of the most amazing things. Like I just, the sunlight, you could have, you could be having like, you could, you could sleep like crap. And you can like really like just be like down the day before and wake up and see the sun and you're just like, yes. So I don't know. I think the sun has so much like juice when it comes to that. It could even be cold outside being again from New England. If, it, if it's cold outside, it's like even if that sun is blaring and you're in a nice warm house, like it still just gives you that extra, I don't know, that extra. Oomph. Yeah, we, we definitely so. have to take like vitamin D vitamins here. <laughs> it's like our doctor, you know, our doctors have to recommend it to basically everyone who lives in in Portland, but that's okay. We're, we're, I'm that's... surviving. But yeah, I, I do like, we go to events, we go to IRL events. Like we went to Miami. <laughs> I was nice. like, I am so pasty right now. Like I am going to get so sunburned and it's just, you know, everyone is beautiful tan skin. I'm like, I look like, a swamp creature right now. Um, so I, yeah, I need to get some sun. Thank you for the reminder. I'm going to go touch grass to get some sun. <laughs> you got to get a little sun sometimes. I even, I live at the beach and I don't even get that much sun just cause I'm always working, but I definitely know, I definitely feel your pain. Where in LA are you um, located? You guys, I'm in a town called Manhattan beach, like right next You're to in Manhattan beach. Manhattan beach is my favorite beach. So I used to live in LA. Actually, this was before, mm-hmm. you know, I was still in college and I, I took a little extended summer, so to speak, 
I, yeah, I, I think a lot of themes of my life is like getting burnt out and then running away. Um, <laughs> so I ran <laughs> away to my, I, I lived with my grandparents who live in um, El Segundo. So Manhattan Beach was my favorite place to go. And uh, they live, they were, so my my grandparents' house was like really, really close to the, the runway of LAX, like one of the last row of houses that didn't get taken down for the, for the North runway. And so I would go from there and go run up to Manhattan beach all the time. And that's like my favorite place to be. That's like one of my places that I would, if I could, if I could like have another life and like live somewhere, it would be Manhattan beach. (laughs) Yeah. The starter home price there though is like a million and a half dollars. And we're talking like a a home that needs like a half a million dollars, like to re like renovate it, to make it. Did I mention it was a daydream? It was a daydream. (laughs) Unattainable. You know, it is attainable if you do the right stuff. I'm telling Web3 you. Web3 makes, you, you know, who, who knows? Maybe that's in the you stars. You can do it. You can do it. So tell us more about, sorry to, sorry to like cut you off there a little bit, but tell us a little bit more about like, all right, so you're a copywriter. You're in Portland. You're cranking away. You did the, the 1% or one second every day. Um, you were working on that. And then how did you get, how did you get in the Web3? Uh, and it's not really a, like how'd you get a month through? You're already in the tech space. You were writing copy online. You were working for other companies that are in the tech space. So you're already here. So what drove you into like tech, the uh, the blockchain space? Yes. Yeah, so my a little I'll back up a little bit. My fiance was actually sure. a little bit back in like 2017. He he lived in San Francisco for a summer and worked for IDEO, who was working on blockchain technology for Ford Motor Company. Um, so he was working on a project and that was back when it, no one really, I mean, him and I, just, we, we didn't really think about it too hard. Like, you know, we bought some Ethereum, we like kind of dip, dipped our toes in, but nothing, you know, what, didn't really get into it. And my fiance was much more into it than I was even, even more so. And so that was really like the first, first dip our toe into the space. Of course, you know from 2017 to 2021, basically just, you know, moved on with our lives. He was a product designer, moved back to Portland. We, we started our lives together. And so when this opportunity came up with uh, Truth, not opportunity, but, you know, learned about this project, I remember going to him, sitting on the couch, and I'm like, do you know, like, what an NFT is? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, we've been talking about kind of like, doing something with, you know, making investment, blah, 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 blah. This doesn't sound like a sure thing, but it'd be kind of fun to like see what's it, what it's all about. And, you know, Caesar's in it. And I think it would be really cool to, to check it out. And actually, Santa Pets is, is in the audience too. Steph is also on the team at Truth. Um, so, yeah, so I we jumped in and that was really that was really like the first, the first community. But from there it kind of spirals a little bit because as it goes, once you get into this, you kind of like kind of tumble down the rabbit hole. And so that community was amazing. We had, it was just the, the electric feel of joining a new community and having a mint happen. It's just like something there's, it's so electrifying. And so I just kept wanting to find other communities like, okay, this is one community. Like what are other, like what are other communities that I can find that maybe matches more with my aesthetic or, or the people. And so I found Crypto Coven, which was the, they were witches. And I just thought that that was so cool. And they were, you know, I identified with that 
kind of image a little bit more. And so that was really the first one that I, you know, I changed my PFP. I found a witch I liked. I got crop circle. I completely like my crop circle. (laughs) So there are these witches and they're really cool. Like come on. We just, we went ham basically. It was so fun. And it was just like women that were super into kind of like witchy stuff and you know, being the Pacific Northwest, like that, it just spoke to me in a in kind of like witchy, like mystical way. And from there, that's where I met Zeneca actually it was in the crypto coven server. And, you know, he was known as a whale at that point with crypto coven because he loved the project as well. He had like 60 or 70 or something. And, um, that's where I met him. And like crop circle said, I actually, I, I cold DM'd him and, the cold DM, I, I wish I could, I, I wish I, I'm going to, I'm going to like bring it up one of these days. I'm going to screenshot it, but it was basically like, thank you for writing this blog post because he had posted his now infamous infinite regret blog post that was all about kind of mental health and, you know, making mistakes in the space and how to kind of come back from that. And I just thought it was so vulnerable and so cool to see such a big influencer talk about this kind of thing. I, I hadn't seen it before, you know, I was a month or two in and it was all wag me and, and, you know, let's, you know, it, it, it was a lot yeah, of that kind of stuff. Trust me, <laughs> I, I know. I remember, I remember, trust me, I've been in the space for, for a long time. Also shockingly, it seems like a long time at least. I've been doing this uh, spaces since May or actually first last week of April of 2021. Mm-hmm. So We've been doing the whole, we're all going to make it in GMs and all that stuff forever. Which is so it's important. Forever. It's like the, it's the it DNA is. of us and it's the DNA of the space. And I'm not like, Absolutely. I just think, I just love when we can take those kind of pillars of the space and like shift it into something that feels a little bit more authentic to each of us. And so somebody getting vulnerable and talking and inviting other people to kind of reflect, I just, it, it really struck me. And so that cold DM, it was, Hey, thanks for writing this blog. I really appreciated it. I've been going, you know, I've, I've been feeling like I'm not very good at this space. I'm not really a good NFT trader. In fact, I've lost, like, you know, I've found really cool art, but like, I'm pretty bad. I, I sold when I shouldn't have, and I bought when I shouldn't have and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just sent it off. Didn't really think much of it. Well, <laughs> Zeneca being Zeneca took however long it took him and wrote me back the nicest paragraph and like basically an extension of the blog posts of like, you know, it's, it's hard. You have to, you know, take it, take a step back. And it just like, it, it was everything that I try to do with people. Like I knew, you know, my, my DMS get a little bit crazy, but, and I can't respond yeah. to everyone, <laughs> but when I do yeah. respond, I try to, I try, I really try to like give them attention, the attention that they deserve because we're all human beings. Um, I try. Please don't get mad at me if I haven't responded to your tip. Like if there's anyone, I get so, I like it really like impacts me when I can't respond in that way. So I try not to respond if I can't respond authentically. So that's just one thing. Um, so that's how I met Zeneca. And from there we just started talking. He, uh, I think my, my fiance actually gifted me my past to Zen Academy because he saw how excited I was about the space and how much fun I was having. And um, I started, you know, trying to do some work in the space and do some freelancing. So he bought me my Zen Academy pass. And from there, we just started talking and our, you know, my, what I, my expertise aligned with the stuff that he was looking to do for Zen Academy was pushing it a little bit forward. And uh, so I started working for him. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, you're the head of marketing though. I thought you didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I didn't want to do advertising, <laughs> like, marketing and advertising while they're pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, you know, hand in glove. I mean, the, like digital marketing, like when you're running ads on like, let's just say Instagram or like TikTok or wherever you're going to like run ads or even on Twitter. I mean, that's, that is marketing. hundred so percent. It's just a different subset. Like Mark, you're, you being the head of marketing, you can actually have someone that runs ads for you working for you and you don't have to do that. I stuff. think that's the biggest so. difference in my mind is like the advertising world is such a machine and there's so many roles and co- like you, it's really like you're on a team of people and there's, you know, internal conflict and there's internal politics and you have your creative director and your copywriter and your associate copywriter and your designer. And there's just so much like <laughs> just fluff around it, I guess. Like I, I just really did not like the, I don't know the dynamics of being in that. And so being, I, I think I just learned that being on a scrappy team or being a freelancer or a consultant or, or, or contractor within that worked so much better for how I like to work. I like to work, you know, with a small team that we can be super scrappy and creative and no idea is a bad idea, but I think I just got crushed in advertising. <laughs> it was, yeah. So I know it, it's like, it, I think I just, I get to do more of the stuff that I really loved about advertising and less of like the stuff I didn't like, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It totally does. So when, like, so you did kind of like identify like a little bit of a difference between marketing and advertising. So is your role do you, in your current role, are you more like, like, working with people who actually do like ad placement and, you know, stuff like that? Are you writing copy? Are you guys not running ads at all in any way, shape or form? Like, for what Zen you Academy, guys, like what do you guys actually We are do? not running yeah. ads for Zen Academy. I think it's interesting because the space is so allergic to advertising. Like it's just, we, Web3, and that's why I love it, I think, because they can like, we can sniff out ads or we can sniff out when a brand is, is shilling. It's like shilling though. It's like quote unquote shilling here. But, um, so we don't run ads. I think, I think paid ads and like for us specifically, I know it works for some projects or, or some brands in the space. It just doesn't feel authentic to like who we are. We really want to focus on the organic growth of our community and outreach. Absolutely. And that yeah. was a huge thing with one second every day too. That was, you know, we, we tried paid ads. It completely failed. And also like paid ads are always kind of like a, it's a moving target. It's such a moving target. And there are people that make their entire careers around fine tuning paid ads. And those are the people that I like to hire to help me with that stuff because it's such an art form. But for Zen Academy in general, no, we're, we're really focusing on, um, organic growth, uh, community outreach and bringing value to our community through free, free value too, for, for, for the wider audience too. So coming up with, um, ideas like we, we, a couple months ago, we created a 30 days of NFTs, uh, email series. So new people, I, and my barometer for writing these along with my team and, and kind of the, the concept was I want an, an email series that'll send me or somebody bite-sized chunks of information on web three and NFTs so that I can send this to my mom who will get that to her inbox and be able to read it and understand it and comprehend it because we talk about superpowers. That's Zeneca's superpower is distilling really complex information down into digestible information. 
uh, he's, he's great at it. He, and he, he can speak to you in a way that, you know, is just super informative and helpful. So trying to take the essence of that and distilling that with everything that we do. So we created 30 days of NFTs.com, which you can just sign up for. It's basically a, a newsletter and it'll, it'll send you resources and links and YouTube videos and, and has vocabulary and stuff. And I sent it to my mom. I actually did. And she, she's like, it was great. Like, this is so interesting. So wait, what do you like, what do you do in this? She's very confused about what I do. I was like, well, I wrote, like I helped come up with this and it's really funny, but she was able to kind of wrap her head around NFTs in general. Um, and that, that was really the goal is really helping newcomers in this space have a soft landing spot for, kind of learning about it because it's so scary it can be really overwhelming and dangerous honestly with all the scams out there so that's a huge part of it too is making sure people understand the the risks and the and the the scary stuff that that's hard to talk about so a lot of our a lot of it's about i love that (laughs) i love that by the way yeah i was going to say security is super important especially when people that are crypto curious nft curious come into the space and they think they know what they're doing they barely just learned how to use a MetaMask. And by the way, MetaMask is not an easy thing to just like jump into and learn. It was, uh, it was especially brutal, you know, two years ago. It's, uh, it's even, you know, it's gotten a lot better, but it's still, you know, like people have to wrap their head around, like, this is not a social app. It's a, it's a wallet. Um, and now you have to understand what a wallet is. Then you have to understand what crypto is. Then you have to understand what blockchain is. Then you have to understand what NFTs are. And then you have to understand you can't click on links ever again. If you have, <laughs> if you literally have MetaMask on like your desktop or on your phone, you can't click links. It's over. Game over. Don't click any more links ever. Yeah. Again. Well, Here. do you remember when you like first learned about wallet? Like, I, I'd, I'd be curious of like your process. Of August twenty twenty. Okay. August twenty twenty. Yeah, I was forced to. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a thirty second version as, as quick as I can. Uh, fr- this is how I got into NFTs. Actually, it was a hard heat of the pandemic, August 2020. Friend reached out to me. Was like, "Hey, I need help marketing this." I'm like, "No, you don't. You have like hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and on Twitter, like both." And I'm like, "You don't need my help." And he goes, "Well, you don't understand what I'm going to do yet. I'm trying to sell my art that I can't sell for nine dollars. Like, you know, he was selling. He was trying to sell his art for nine bucks. Everybody on Twitter said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll buy. I'll buy. I'll buy." He releases his art on for nine bucks on Twitter and crickets. As soon as it was available, crickets. He goes, okay, well that didn't work. So he, he kept trying things and trying things. And uh, eventually he's like, I'm going to put it on the blockchain as art and sell it. I'm like, uh, okay, so you couldn't sell it for $9 and now you want 3000 or, you know, whatever it is, like $10,000, you know, seeing if you have, you have multiple people like, you know, multiple ETH going to it. I'm like, I don't think that's going to work, but okay, I'll make you a plan just because you're my friend. And it was a plan that like lasted, it was supposed to be like a three month marketing plan. Cause I'm like, I don't think this guy is going <laughs> to like, who's going to buy this stuff. Um, it was just like a, a niche of a niche of a niche. I was thinking, and I was so wrong. 26 minutes sold his, uh, sold his, all of his pieces that he offered made over 30 ETH in his first thing. And I was like, I didn't do anything. So don't thank me. And that's how I, that's how I realized I'm like, I need an effing wallet. I need, <laughs> that is, so yeah. October, October, I sold my first NFT as well. And it was like for $400 worth of ETH. So it was like nothing. Right. But it still was like, holy cow, I cannot believe someone bought my Instagram art that I was going to post for free on Instagram for like 400 bucks. Like what is going on here? And that's when I was like caught up 
in uh, NFTs and like blockchain at that I point. I just, I wish we could, oh man, this makes me like, that makes me so happy to hear. And it also just like kind of hurts my heart a little bit with like all of the stuff around creator royalties and artists and stuff right now. It's like that honestly was the biggest sell for me was like artists are going to be able to sell their art and make a living and be able to, I don't know. I just like, that was like a really big selling point I agree with me. you, by the way. I agree with you, by the way. That's literally the reason why, and that's what he was telling me too. And that's what convinced me like what he was doing was right, right. is that he doesn't like every time his pieces exchange hands, the smart contract, you know, basically was out there and it, like he didn't have to chase down royalties or chase someone down on the internet to like find someone using his art without his permission kind of a thing. He could just like sell it on the blockchain and every time it exchanged hands, it just keeps going up and the more valuable he became or more well known, you know, in his status in the space, the bigger and more expensive his pieces went. His largest piece like went for seventy four. Like that, <sighs> and I'm talking four thousand yeah. dollars in ETH at the time. I, I, was like, I don't want to like I, I, I hit, you know we've had so many discussions about creator relatives, <laughs> but I will say like the what you just said and that value proposition of like why why NFTs and why Web three, saying stuff like that to people when they don't understand. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, to people or like I was gonna say muggles, <laughs> not muggles. Oh, normies. I love that. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love Harry Potter, so I'm, I'm in. But like when you talk to people, like I remember so many times that I would explain it like that and talk about you know when when art changes hands, the the artist gets gets money back. They, I hope people didn't aren't dropping because of creator royalty talks, but um, <laughs> but. Nah, you see good. people's eyes light up when you when you talk about that. People get it as soon as you start talking like that. And so I think it's just something like that was the cornerstone of what got me into it. And so I think it's just something to be aware of as we're having these conversations about creator royalties and projects. Like there's still artists who are creating these pieces of art, whether they're one of ones, whether they're one of additions. I don't know. There's just something to be be had there. I just think that that that's the magic sauce of what got me into this space and a lot of my friends who are artists um my, i guess my my thesis is go support your one of one artists go uh <laughs> go buy some art <laughs> i couldn't agree more with that i mean that's literally one of the most important things you can do and every time an artist releases a piece of art out on the blockchain like that's a doorway back to them and like a small and even though it's a small annuity in terms of like if it exchanges hands again they get a royalty that maintains help maintains their life and ability to make art. Usually it fell to like very wealthy, either very wealthy patrons to like, you know, give people who are famous artists like a bunch of money so they could just live creating art or, you know, they actually, uh, they had to do other things in order to like, you know, get the money to, in order to afford to like do that stuff. Like they had to actually have wealthy parents themselves. Like, that's what a lot of actually wealthy people say. You're like I'm working my my tail off over here to make sure that my kids can actually do go if they want to be an artist, they can be an artist. They could be, you know what I mean, any kind of like whatever they want to practice, they are allowed to do. I'm going to work hard so they don't have to, you know, put in all this effort on a, a soul crushing job they don't really like. And that's that's what happens. A lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, wealthy people actually be, were able to do the arts and a lot of wealthy patrons, you know, patronized the, uh, and not in a patronizing way, by the way, um, you know, patronized these folks in order to have them do it, especially again, 
great artists like even Beethoven would never have been able to write those symphonies if people weren't like wealthy benefactors weren't like paying him uh, and paying for his life. So paying for his ability 100%. to work. And I, 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 I see crop circles hands. I'm, I'm wondering if she's about to say something similar to me, but the, the artist, the artist behind truth and goblin town is a good friend of mine and seeing, I mean, you know, years of knowing him and knowing his family and knowing just him as a person and him struggling with, you know, he's a true and true artist. Like that is his, that is his calling. That is his, like his heart and soul and never really finding success with creating art and putting out and getting paid for that art until this space and seeing so many, okay, I'm going to like get choked up, but seeing so many people connect with his art in a way that like I've always connected with it and always was just so proud of him. And then seeing just the outpouring of love from communities for him, like it just, yeah, it makes me, it, it chokes me up a little bit to think about how much that has changed him as a person and changed his life and um, kind of, yeah, uh, rewrote his stars. <laughs> I would love to have him. You know what? I would love to have him on the show. He is a great person to host. He is so How funny. do I get him on the show? How do I get I will, him on the show? I will, you, tell we, me. you know, I, I can make an introduction. I, I absolutely I, will. I, I promise you he'll love he's it. A, he's on my spaces tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about open editions because he was doing some <laughs> wacky stuff with Manifold for his latest drop. I want to, uh, I actually want to go, which, what time is your space tomorrow? I'm going to join. Um, it's with the hug. I can pin the tweet for the event here. Uh, Crop is also hosting a space later today at 5 p.m. PST, 8 p.m. EST. I'm hope I'm getting that right. Nice. Yes. So please go and listen to that. I'm so excited. I am definitely going to now, now that I know you guys like really well, <laughs> like now I'm getting to know Crop Circles. Of course I'm going to. Of course, Lucas, you're the best. I'm so glad we met. Spaces is called. It's um, my. It's my You never forget your first. (laughs) And I'm going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the first communities we built, like when you were 13 or 16, and how that led into like Web3 inevitably. Um, But I just want to make a comment on like NFT artists since we were talking about that. Um, If you know like a one of one or a, a small. Art, like small indie artists and in Web three, support them, retweet them. It costs you nothing. Um, something that maybe a lot of us don't realize, and we focus a lot of this at Hug, where we focus on supporting creators, is that for every independent artist you see in Web three, that's somebody running a small business by themselves. They are doing all of the marketing. They're doing all of the accounting, all the budgeting. Like they're a one person show. And the work that takes is insane. Like we were just talking about how, you know, big agencies have these crazy teams with creative directors and graphic designers and copywriters and associate co- copywriters. Um, an independent artist is doing that all by themselves and they're putting way more money into than they often get back. And just support them. I think one of my favorites to see come up from an organic marketing perspective through just really strong personal branding is Tipitron, which Emily introduced me to ironically and She's just someone who's always been very transparent with her work and has always shared little sneak peeks as things went on. And it's been a really good case study in how you can be yourself and build up a Web3 business on your art. So I think everyone should have that opportunity. If you see an artist trying, support them, retweet, tell your friends. If you can afford to mint and you love the work, definitely mint it. Tell them how you feel. All goes back to that. I totally agree. I literally spent- Can I jump first... in, Luke? Yeah, uh, can I, let, yeah. Me just finish, let me say yeah, one thing. I, I spent the first six months of doing spaces, literally getting helping one of one artists. Um, actually, it was probably more like eight months helping one of one artists like actually sell 
their work. Like we actually held spaces where people would, you know, come up, you know, basically talk about their art and then people would buy it. Like one of the, uh, yeah, there was some, I, I just remember my first space where I held, uh, you know, that kind of a space. And, and then a f- basically a friend of mine, like a whale can't, was just like bought someone and like made the, you know, basically put them in tears because they were like, Oh my God, I wasn't going to be able to eat next, you know, basically next month. And you just saved me. And it was just great. And it's, and you're right. It changes their Lucas, lives. Can we, can we do so, that? Do you still do that? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I would love to do that again. I'm only doing morning shows right now. But I definitely want to get back into, you know, basically the NFT one-on-one artist spaces because that's where, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people didn't focus on that. And I focused on that from day one. Um, I onboarded, and this is going to sound crazy, but I onboarded 15,000 people in six months. And those people were all one-on-one artists because they were like in the traditional art world. And, uh, uh, you know, they were, we were just like buying art like all day long, you know, come up and you know, talk about your art and give us an you know example. And then I actually was training them on how to actually, you know, amplify their distribution, like, or their reach on Twitter and like helping them, you know, the idea of writing process threads, process threads will sell your art faster than anything else. And it's because you're telling the story which ev- with every tweet that's in that thread and it all culminates in the end of the thread, which is, and here's what, here's how it turned out. And it's like, whoa. And it, like literally, I know uh, at least two people that did process threads regularly and every time they wrote a thread with a process thread um, from the process, they actually sold their art every Lucas, time. So I'm so happy that we met. Number one, you're the best. Here. Let's I, go. Everything that you're saying, like one of one artists really make the world go round for us and we really, really need to yep. support them. I just pinned my good friend, Jacqueline um, up at the top. She's She's gone through some some stuff and she's basically right now taking some time to like reintroduce herself as a one-of-one artist. Um, and she's doing uh, like a, a, a free claim for existing one-of-one artists and then public limited edition mint of 10. And she's really like kind of playing around with the dynamics of her of her mints. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give her the shout out because she I, I, I met her at, in Crypto Coven um, she, I met her, we actually, <laughs> the way that I met her was we were, we were bidding on the same Tifatron piece and ugh, this sounds so shitty. I wa- I didn't know her then, but I won it. And then we, we like, <laughs> we were DMing and I just felt so bad cause I got the piece and we, but we became like really don't feel I know. Bad. Why would you feel bad that you got I the piece? I know. It was like I my heart <laughs> broke because she loved it just as much as I did. Anyways, but now we're good friends and I love her and I collect her art all the time. So I just wanted to do a really quick shout out. Um Jacqueline is incredible. All right. We have uh we have exactly eleven minutes left in the show here. So let's let's try and like did we get to the point where you that's how you got the Zeneca? It was just like you were in the DMs, he wrote you back, mm-hmm. and then you guys like kind of like cross paths and you're like Hey, this is a really good fit for me. Fun fact. And he was like, "Yeah, I think you're really you're you got you, you okay, so you guys have like both decided you were a really good so, fit." So, good fun fact. Really yeah. fun fact. He Sure. <laughs> this sounds so funny and I I, I yeah. He, the first interview, quote unquote, so he asked me, he said basically, "I need before he knew anything about my background. He's like, "I need an assistant." 
And basically me being me was like, I will literally do anything. Like I will walk your dogs. Like I will, I will go, I will like, I will, you know, whatever to just like help you. You're the best. And so we hopped on a call to talk about me being his assistant. And then he started asking me about my background and I told him and he's like, okay, what, what in the, you're, you're in marketing. I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, that fits with a bunch of stuff I'm trying to do. So I kind of like bait, not bait and switch. That sounds so sinister, but you didn't bait and switch. <laughs> he wanted to hire me as, as, as his assistant first. So this is before he hired anyone full time too. So I kind sure. of made my role, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. You guys actually basically talked. He realized you were much more valuable to him in a different capacity. And then bam, like you, you got the role. That's actually, I think that's kind of normal. Like you just realized that you just had so much more potential and so much more obviously knowledge than just being a, and that, there's nothing wrong with being an yeah, assistant, by the way. Exactly. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's, that actually takes a really awesome organizational skill too. Like it's like, I wouldn't want to do that. And I've seen it done. I've before. been in an executive so assistant if, before, and that was probably the hardest I've ever worked. And just like the most, yes. the most I learned in to be a professional person, honestly. Yeah, I can tell you, being an assistant is, uh, I've had assistants before at my in my job classes, and I can tell you right now, people treat them horribly. It's crazy to see, like, I had first, I also had a shared assistant at one point too, and that shared, I felt so bad because the person I shared the assistant with, they were just like cruel, and I'm like, oh my God, I am so sorry <laughs> that that's going on. I promise, like, you don't have to get my coffee. You don't have to do any of these things. You just have to, you know, like, just help me with some tasks. And actually, I want to get you to a point where you can get promoted out of this and, you know, actually have a job where, you know, someone's not, like, ordering you to, like, you know, get coffee and scream at you later when you don't, it's not hot enough. You have to have thick skin. Like and I, if and, and everyone that knows me, I have pretty thin, I'm an emotional person. I am a ball of bubblegum. <laughs> You're good. Hey, I got we got some hands up. You want to answer some questions or like maybe answer some questions here? Dennis, what's up, man? Hey, GM, GM, nice to meet you. GM, Dennis. Yeah, no, pleasure's all mine, my man. Uh, welcome to the stage. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just need to grab my notebook, which is like just a bunch of notes on Emily that I have. So let me just read this you real quick. You <laughs> All right, I'm following Dennis oh, no. right now. I like, I like the way he rolls. He's already, uh, here's the deal. Let's limit it to like one or two questions because we got the Don father over here that I'm assuming wants to give some flowers oh and stuff my like God, that. You too. I've seen his tweets. I'm seeing his tweets. It's, uh, this Emily, is my entourage. I on. do not pay them. They're not on, on the books. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, it's, it's point five. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Dennis. What's up, man? So I'll, I'll stick to one page. Shoot your shot, man. Shoot your shot. <laughs> no questions, just a bunch of lists. Emily is amazing. Emily is the kindest person I've met in Web3. Emily has really good swag. From her last picture, you can tell that she's very swagging, dresses very well. She is one of the kindest persons I know, one of the most humblest person I know. Now I'm on page three, you guys. And I am just so happy to call her my friend. And I, that's all I wanted to say today. Lucas, it's a pleasure to be up here, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll connect. Yeah, I've, I, just, I just followed you. Thanks for thanks for that, man. And I agree with you. So far, what I know about Emily, she is dope, Aww. like super kind, super. And I'm a I try I'm a super empathetic person, so like I totally feel that Emily. I know I know where you're coming from in terms of like getting compliments. So it's it's kind of tough, you know. You're like, oh, not me. Let's talk Den about you. I will say, let's talk about Dennis. Dennis is a great host as well. So check See? him out. <laughs> I, knew you were, I knew you were going there because that's where I was going to go. So there you go. See? <laughs> All right, Don Father. What's up, Don Father? I'm also following Don Father. GM, GM. What's up? Yeah. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? 
Good, good. Love, uh, love being able to pop on the show. And, you know, we, uh, we love Emily. We love crap. Um, they've been just extremely supportive of, you know, everything we've been doing over the last couple of months that we met. And, uh, you know, it's great to, you know, meet you as well. Um, absolutely my pleasure. Yeah. Checking out your, uh, your profile. I followed you. Um, and man, love the content you're putting out. Can't believe I haven't, uh, come across you yet, but happy I, uh, was able to. So much yeah, love. Pleasure's, much pleasure's mine, man. Seriously. Yeah. Thanks for that, Don. And, uh, you're very welcome to always, you're always welcome at the show. Um, always this is shit. This is your new, uh, community, uh, away from community, away from community, away from home. <laughs> There's lots of communities out there, but you're out, you're a hundred percent welcome at the buzz. Um, I see Chris is up here. What's up, Chris? I haven't, I have not really chatted with Chris too much since Austin and NFT Austin. Because we don't have fancy What's drinks around us, bro. Like that, that's, oh, the, that's the way you I don't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Who drinks here? <laughs> not me. GMGM, man. How's it going? How's it going? Uh, you got You have a. You by any chance have a question for Emily, or are you you uh, just hanging I out? I actually have have. Uh, I think the last time I heard Emily speak, I think her mom popped in the room, and it was like this super <laughs> oh, sweet oh, event. Oh, that's so, so nice! I was like instant fan <laughs> so of Emily. Nice. So uh, that's all I. Oh can my think. God, Emily rocks, dude! <laughs> spaces. That's a flex. I love it. Are you still doing your mom? Okay, spaces? so yeah, so. <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm having, okay, I scheduled it, but we've had to move it a little bit. I actually was going to be hosting it with Dennis, who was up on stage a little bit earlier, interviewing our moms about NFTs. Um, unfortunately, oh, that sounds so awesome. it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've, I've kicked it down the road a little bit just because of some family stuff going on. Um, and so Dennis and I are, are going to do it. My mom is on Twitter, on NFT Twitter. She's, she right clicks saved my dev, my dead fella as her PFP actually. Um, Chris, thank you for bringing that up. That was one of my favorite spaces where she popped in because that was also when I hit 10K followers. She was happened to be there. And she's like, yeah, she called me later. She's like, how do you have 10,000 followers? I was like, mom, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's I know exactly how. <laughs> Listen to you. You're like the nicest person ever. I'm really mean. Are you kidding what, me? Maybe I'm just Who really mean, you guys. I don't know. Problems. <laughs> <laughs> you're the anti-troll. Like literally, you are you're the epitome of what everybody should be in a utopian world on Twitter. Like everybody should be kind. Everybody should be like friendly. Everybody should be trying to help each other. You know what I mean? Like networking, things like that. Like you just seem like one of those people, like instantly that's how I feel about you. So like, if that's how I feel about you, I'm, ass- I'm assuming most people who know you even better feel like stronger about very that. Sweet. So I can get respect. snarky. I prom. I can get like ornery. I love who doesn't like, who doesn't like getting <laughs> ornery? Who doesn't like snarky? And by the way, I've never heard anybody else use ornery besides myself. People are I'm always like, yo, stop being so ornery. They're like, what? What did you just call me? I'm like, I just said stop being ornery. And they're like, what does that even mean? I'm mad at you. I'm like, no, it's just stop being ornery. Hey, ornery is one of my questions. Like, Emily, I've got uh, the question. So if you're going to do any any content and you bring in your mom on the space or whatever, uh, is that something, I don't know about the whole doc situation, is that something that you would do where you like have mom on a live stream and show her NFTs or anything? Or how, how would you do that? Would you make content out of it? So great question. My plan was to bring her on a space and, and okay. 
<laughs> there were a couple bits ideas. We were going to interview our moms and just ask them, like, what do you think we do for work, <laughs> number one? And then to, like, how much would you pay for my PFP? <laughs> is one of the questions um as far as doxing I'm pretty soft docs like you can see pictures of me like you can I I'm I'm pretty you know out there um but I I probably would take like a picture like I'd probably like post a picture of me and my mom but I don't know if I'd do a video I'm I, I don't think I could get her like getting her on a space is is enough technology <laughs> to try to get her to get her up and running so I don't know if we could do a live video but honestly I after we do one, I, I want to prove it out as a concept and then start to bring other people and their moms on the, like as a recurring show. Um, so pe they, the only thing, the barrier of entry is getting them on Twitter and getting them on spaces, of course, which is a lot. But I think, yeah, so anyone that wants to have their mom or think that their mom would be funny or, you know, enjoy coming on a space where once, well, let's get, let's get one episode under our belt, but that's kind of the idea. That's what I'm talking about. Pull the trigger, get one episode done. I can actually see this going really well where you're like, Hey mom, uh, do you know what an FT is? I can just see her going, did you brush your teeth today, Emily? Like, wait a minute. Let's get to, let's get to the real. You know Emily, I mean? you that's never call. You here. never call anymore. You, yeah. Like, why haven't you called me? This is the only time you call me. For you show. only called like, me to get me on, on this face. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell that's you awesome. this. Um, it's funny that that conversation came up and that you even, that I popped in the room and then that, that came up. I was on a meeting earlier uh, on a, a project that's about grandmas. And so one of the things that we said was we need to get our grandmas or our moms on on video and literally go through NFTs and have them pick out their favorite trait and onboard grandmas on how to set up their MetaMask so they can have a wallet, airdrop them the thing that they like, mint to like all this content about grandmas. So like I want to see the mom version of that. So I'll be watching. Uh, and if you want to see what moms or grandmas look like on video, sitting with their kids uh, being puzzled at why this picture is worth a bunch of money of a, a picture of a snail or a turtle or whatever. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll be able to watch it there. So appreciate you. I'm going to, I'm going to post the, the link space and keep in mind that the day is TBD, but just to, so you can like keep on top of it. Um, I will post that and pin it, pin it up, pin it up. So people can, we have, we, we're literally, the show is going over right now, guys. So we have a, a couple more seconds here before we go. I'm going to let Brad ask a question real quick. Brad, What's up? And by the way, Brad is uh, usually he's he's going to be the, the head of blockchain for PepsiCo. So that's what's up. What's up, Brad? GM gang. Yo, with moms, bro. Like I've been trying to get my mom onto Twitter spaces for like, so she retired last year after finally, like she was in like, um, she was a guidance counselor at a, at a middle school and then a high school for like 30 years. You know, but before yeah. she, before she did that though, she worked actively on Wall Street. Um, as a oh, trader. wow. Yeah. And That's I was a huge like, shift. <laughs> yeah, huge shift, right? And she was in banking, Smart. finances, and things like that. Hated it, hated the people, and ultimately was like, ah, fuck it, went back to school, got her master's degree, and ended up being a yeah, guidance counselor. But, you know, she was good at trading, and now that she's retired, she just bothers, you know, me and my wife all the time and calls us and texts us and whatnot because she's got nothing else to do. And I'm like, yo, I was like, you need to get on some crypto. I was like, you understand all of the trading and you know how to read all the charts and, you know, all the options and all that. So I was like, you need to get into this. And I tried to get her into some crypto. Um, and the farthest I got was I got her a MetaMask. And then she kind of like fell off. And I think Twitter spaces with moms would be 
hilarious and uh and also like super beneficial too because like realistically i mean it's just new tech that you know these people need to learn at some point so i'm all in like once that if you, if you start doing that and get that going i'm absolutely gonna like mom's learning about nfts all right dennis you heard it. it let's uh we can well, well we could start with just my mom too i think that she would have plenty of cons plenty to share she was in uh broadcast journalism too so she's like she's pretty good on a mic so i think that i think that we'll get it going <laughs> That's amazing, by the way. That's really cool. You gotta have the gotta have the mic voice, I think, too. Gotta have the right gear. Let's go. And actually, you don't really need any of that stuff. You just need a cell phone and a dream. Let's go. <laughs> and the friends we made so, along the way. The friends we made along the way. I have to say, the show is over. We're two minutes over. Anybody has some last words? Emily, last words from you. Tell us what like what everybody should hear for the rest of the day, the week, the year. You got some advice for these people, some sage wisdom. Um, I took today off of work. Cause I've been feeling, I've been having some like hard, heavy feels this week. And I just want to say, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, check in with your friends, check in with your loved ones, check in with your mom, check in with your dad, just be a good person and take care of yourself. Number one, do all the basics, drink yeah. water, eat food. And you can't, you know, you can't fill someone else's cup with an empty cup. So. God, that's so Okay, I asked you for great wisdom and you came, you came <laughs> correct. So mad respect. And if you do have a day like that, it is okay, guys. You don't have to grind through it. If you have a day like this, take a day if you need it. Take two. Take a week off. Don't forget, like unlimited PTO actually means you have to take some time off. Take those vacation days. They, you know, you're going to work the rest of your life. Take some time to like smell the roses, exactly what Emily just said. Because if you don't, you're going to be like 70 years old and go, oh my God, I worked my whole life and I didn't take any of those days off. So with that said, guys, that's the end of our show. Thanks for being here today on the Daily Buzz with Emily. You guys rock. See you guys tomorrow, 8.30 to 9.30. Love you all. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Emily. Woo!